in my mind when it was happening, I was like, I'm such a failure. I can't even get a job out of college. I did all of this work. I was going above and beyond my course load. I ended up picking up a minor halfway through. And what do I have to show for it? Just this little piece of paper that sometimes gives me a paper cut because I've been so lazy. I haven't even framed it. Like what, what is this doing for me? And it was really just, you know, everyone has their journey and you can choose to see it as a failure. or You can choose to see it as your life pointing you in a different direction. And I've just been, I've been incredibly lucky, but I also have worked really hard to try to figure out where do I fit. I didn't really feel like I fit cleanly into any single profession or career. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you will see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and today we have a friendly conversation with Katie Lemons. And yes, that is her real, actual last name. So jealous because my last name is an absolute shit show. I mean, Feichels. It's just, I can't even remember how many times my last name has been butchered. Absolutely butchered to the point of no recognition at all. It would be so embarrassing because I used to play soccer in high school. I was a midfield, so any others of you out there, like, I feel for you. Anyway, so every time they called us out in the field, because I was a starter, they would call us out in the field, and every single time, they would mispronounce my last name. And anyway, like, that was just such a blow to my confidence. Like, how can you be amped up and ready to, like, just kick ass in a soccer game when your last name is just so odd, you know? So I just, I firmly believe that my life would have to be at least 0.5% better if I had a nice and easy last name, you feel me? And Lemons, I mean, how perfect for Katie as she's a PA, an integrative nutritionist, and a food blog content creator. I mean, if it just, it's perfect. If the shoe fits, you know what I mean? And because of that, you may also recognize her on Instagram as Twist of Lemons, which now just makes so much more sense, am I right? So I wanted to have Katie on the podcast to chat about a lot of things, but more so just explain her overall journey as a source of expansion and inspiration for some of you, hopefully most of you. She's been an inspiration and just, you know, in my life, quote unquote, on Instagram for probably three years now. I started following her on my personal IG when I was just in high school, and I remember thinking, wow, she has such... Uh, like, like she's so healthy, but she's not dieting. How does that work? LOL, now we all know that's called a normal and functioning relationship to health. Something I obviously did not have back then, and, you know, even today, I'm still striving towards that. Recovery is quite the long process, folks. And that's why I wanted her to come on and share her story. She is someone with interest in all aspects of health. She is a physician's assistant and an integrative nutritionist. Lots of education, experience, and hard work have gone into acquiring and supporting those titles, so she really does live up to them. We discuss her own health journey that involved struggles we all face, such as body image and the influx of health advice and diet culture, 
but then how she ultimately worked through them and went on to even get an education in that field. Katie explains her entire journey with that education and the schooling process, breaking down why she chose each program slash degree and how they helped serve to her current present moment. She explains why the RD path wasn't for her and what it's been like to have exposure to both Western and Eastern medicine, which is a neat contrast if you ask me, you know, like a little bit of both. In this, Katie also explains how even after all these years of training, education, and experience, she still has limiting beliefs and still battles imposter syndrome. And that is something you all know I'm so passionate about. Just let's just expose it. We all feel it, right? I mean, even successful, you know, quote unquote, successful people feel these things. And so let's normalize it and work through it. We just want to help you, you know, embrace and acknowledge and work through these emotions, these feelings, these struggles, because it's so true that when we set big goals or big expectations of what we think life should look like, it's easy to feel down when that doesn't happen spot on. And that was something that happened with Katie, and it's something that happened with me. As you'll hear us discuss in this thing, it's one of those things where, like, you set an expectation of what you think life would look like or should look like and then it doesn't quite happen so then you feel like imposter syndrome or you just feel bad about yourself and then it just turns into one of those downward spirals where you question your entire life you catastrophize you know usually happens at night you know what i'm talking about (laughs) and that's just not healthy for anyone's mindset so we both hope this episode resonates with you and if you're looking to enter any of these health fields or just anything in this sphere of health and wellness as a career, I think this is a very enlightening episode as Katie has done a lot and she has a lot of insight and wisdom and behind the scenes, you know, advice to share. And even if you just need life advice in general, like I said, facing expectations, imposter syndrome, all that stuff. So if you want to connect with Katie further, learn more about her, Her website is twistoflemons.com and she is on Instagram at twistoflemons. Linked below and I'm on there at Emily Feichels and at Let's Thrive Podcast. Thank you as always for listening. Let us know if you do. You can share, tag us, or just reach out. And also, if you're feeling called to but you do not have to, you can always leave a rate and review for the show. Greatly appreciated. It does help and yeah. That's about it, fam. So I'll talk to you guys on the other side of this episode. And until then, let's begin. That's amazing. That's cute, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I know. I just um, I just finished Game of Thrones, and that has been my yeah. escape for the past, mm-hmm. like, two months. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, very I sad refused. it's over, but. I know. I refused to start until I finished school because I have such an addictive personality that I knew that once I started, like, it was game over. Wouldn't have studied, wouldn't have seen any friends. So I finished it. It was a couple months ago. But it is, it's hard to binge, to be honest, because so much is happening. If you zone out for, like, a legit one second, something happened that, like, reoccurs. Yeah. goes down the line. I know I found so last bit I'll say about it, but um, I found with it too, like usually with, you know, some Netflix shows, it'd be so easy to just stay up, you know, and just ruin your sleep because you're staying yeah. up so late, you're binging them. But yeah, with that one, like you're, 
I don't know, at least for me, I was calculating, like watching, analyzing so much going on mm. that I would actually get tired and be like, okay, no, cut off. Yeah, I'm done. It's 11 PM. I'm going to sleep. And Same. so, Same. yeah, I agree. But, I've um, also been dabbling in some hot steaming trash just to like <laughs> shut my brain off. Millionaire matchmaker. Have you I've ever heard, heard of that? I've heard oh, of it. Oh my God. It's just so good. It's so entertaining. Um, I've been reverting back to like season one, episode one of Keeping Up with the Kardashians when Courtney and Scott go on a date at like Roy's Hawaiian Fusion. I don't know why that cracks me up to no avail, but just like it shows that everyone starts from somewhere. Sometimes it's at a Hawaiian restaurant. 100%. See, that's yeah. what we do here. We show people stories from start to finish and those shows are doing the same thing. So exactly. <laughs> no judgment, no discrimination. Sure. Well, first off, I actually want to know, you know, where did your blog and Instagram name Twist of Lemons come from? Because your last name is Lemons, correct? Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. I absolutely love I'll it. I'll never change it. I yes. absolutely love it. It is so, into my heart and soul. Oh my God. I would not give it up if I were you. Uh, so how did that transition then into Twist of Lemons for your Instagram and blog then? It was so long ago. I only have like little snippets of memory, like little sparkles that come back to me. Um, But I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, And I I definitely wanted to keep my last name, but I wanted, I mean, right using the word to kind of twist up and change the way that we think about traditional aspects of health and wellness. And this was, I mean, a long time ago. It was probably five or six years ago. So a lot of what I was seeing online was like, BBG and starting to count macros and really thinking about health as a quantifiable measure rather than a qualitative state. So I wanted to add just my own little twist on one, the things that I was learning about in my nutrition masters, because I kind of started that at the time. And the word twist is kind of this amalgamation, this combination of all of my different interests that I had, because I was so, so lost after college. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had all of these like flickers of hobbies and passions, but I didn't know that anything could exist to marry them together. So in that way, having my blog was kind of like a physical manifestation of looking at all the things I was interested in. And then with the intention of a hopeful intention of twisting them all together into one. So that's kind of where it came from. Many different thoughts happening. Oh, I love that. It's truly, I mean, and it's true too, when you really look at your content and what you produce, it is like a good twist and blend of everything. So I really love that. I was just curious because I, I figured you'd have like a good, a good story behind it. So <laughs> well, um, then when would you say that your interest in health like really peaked and kind of set you down this course that you've been on for the last while now? For sure. I think it started in college and along with many stories. And I think just the developments of our brains at that younger age, we associate or we begin to, and again, kind of generalizing, really only talking about myself, but I grew up as a dancer. um, So I always viewed health as like a physical quality like if you can look at someone and see that they look healthy then they are healthy and I never had any issues with my weight growing up I was also very active and 
being in a dancer mentality and having ballet teachers from Eastern Europe, just the, the mentality is very different. And the things that they were reiterating to us to focus on in our diet were very central around maintaining a certain physique so that when you go on stage, you're able to perform in a way that's representative of the dance, which is a very lengthy way of saying like, stay thin. Um, <laughs> Um, trying to stay away from certain language just because I know that it can be a sore subject for some, myself included. You know, we all come from different journeys. And I then went to college and it was kind of balls to the walls, do whatever you want. I've always enjoyed movement, enjoyed being active, but I think because I was a dancer for so long, I never really fell into what my natural baseline of weight was until I was able to step away from that environment. So I was experiencing a lot of physical changes right when I went to college. And so I got interested in health to, in my mind at the time, to combat, finger quotes here, what I was feeling was a representation on my outside to help me feel a little bit better on the inside. I mean, decades later, literally, I was 18 at the time, I just turned 28, my whole definition has changed, but we all start, it, there's usually something, an impetus or a spark to make us on that journey, be it you fall sick, you don't start, you start feeling not like yourself, be it on the inside or on the outside, and then the journey kind of begins from there. So in college, I was studying psychology, and I knew I was really interested in health. I also grew up, my mom has always had a really strong interest in nutrition, and my dad is a physician, so I've always had those kind of two mindsets growing up. But I loved all my classes in psychology. I loved thinking about why we think or how we think and the patterns that go into all of that. So my... Kind of the only option or what I thought at the time of health psychology was on an eating disorders unit. So I had an internship my senior year of college on a unit. And it's a really, really tough um, from a clinician standpoint just because it's so insidious and so chronic. And it just takes a really special and amazing person to be a psychologist in that population. And I was not at the point where I was really passionate about the psychology of health and wellness. And I started to transition more to the science of health and wellness. So it took that internship to realize that, well, not only that internship, but then after senior year, I graduated and I was applying to all these jobs and kind of health sectors. But again, this was in 2014. So just not as many things widely available. I also didn't study nutrition and nutrition wasn't available at my college as, um, or maybe it was, and my head was just so at my butt that I had no clue. Um, so yeah, it, it was just kind of this slow, and now I look back and it really is this beautiful journey and how it presented itself. But I graduated college and I was like, ooh, <laughs> I've applied to like hundreds of jobs. No one has even emailed me back. I was like gaslighted by all of these companies. So I moved home. Um, am I still answering your, I feel, I realize I've been on this monologue. Yeah, yeah because it's your venture into health and wellness and this is all yeah. part of it. So yeah, okay. you're doing great. Thank you so much. Um, I just got tired of hearing my own voice and forgot the, what the question was. So, okay, here we go. Part two in this saga. So I moved home. Um, 
just was not in a good place mentally because I felt so lost. I also was someone who really defined myself as like, I know exactly what I need to do in order to do well. I know that I can get great, these like good grades, have a good GPA. There were actionable things that I knew I needed to do in order to quote unquote do well. Um, and then I graduated and I had no schedule, no plan, no idea for the future. I of course liked, I liked eating well because I knew it would make me feel well. I liked moving my body, but I didn't consider that robust enough to make a career out of it. So I honestly just started emailing a bunch of random people who had jobs that I thought maybe would be interesting. So I talked to a chiropractor. My dad was a physician, so I talked to some of his friends that were physicians. He worked with PAs. He worked with nurses. Um, I talked to an acupuncturist. I talked to a dietitian. I like just anyone that would take my phone call. I remember <laughs> there was someone whose job I thought was so interesting, and I couldn't find a phone call for them, a phone call, phone number. So I typed out a letter and mailed it to them. I was just like, I had nothing to do. So I became, I was just bothering a bunch of these random people. Looking back, it's a little bit funny. Um, and then I ended up pursuing nutrition and I applied to a bunch of different um, schools to get my master's in nutrition. In the back of my mind was this thought of, you know, I still have this idea that medicine might be right for me. Um, but I knew I wanted a more hardcore background in nutrition so that I couldn't meld these two things together because I, I knew I didn't want to do surgery. So I wanted to be in a practice where I would be able to educate patients on more than just the medication. And I thought having a background in nutrition would be the best way to do that. And luckily a lot of the prerequisites for either a medical school, PA school, nursing, nurse practitioner, they were all very similar to those that I needed for um, RD or nutrition background. So I was doing all of those prereqs and that at least like gave me a direction again. And then I also was thinking, okay, maybe this medicine thing may cement into something. So I may as well get into the healthcare field somehow. And it would be nice to make a little money emphasis on the very little amount of money, minuscule amount of money, but I was living at home, which was just an incredible privilege and blessing. So it wasn't overly strenuous and stressful. Um, so I took a, a CNA course. I started working at a local hospital. And once I was in the hospital, I was like, you know what? I, I really do love medicine. Um, this is where I want to be. If I can do this job, I was a PCA, which is um, kind of like a nursing aide, and you're helping people go to the bathroom and do all their activities of daily living. So I was really in the thick of seeing the grossest aspects of medicine. And I was like, okay, if I can do this. I can really do anything in the sphere of medicine. So I was still, my thought at that point was I want to be an RD and I want to be a PA. There was a physician who worked at a local, it's called the Ultra Wellness Center. I grew up in Massachusetts. This, I think, is in Lenox, Massachusetts, somewhere in Western Mass. And I saw that one of the physicians there was both an RD and um, an MD. 
and I heard a podcast or a lecture that she did, and I was so mesmerized by her vast breadth of knowledge just in the realm of this huge definition of wellness, including both nutrition and medicine, that I clung to that so hard, and I was like, this is me. I'm doing this now. I'm taking her identity, and I'm making it mine. So I was just pursuing that idea, and then I got into a few RD schools as maybe you know, maybe you don't. It, it's really expensive. All of this is so expensive. And I, I realized in the curriculum, I would have to take classes like kitchen engineering and the business of nutrition, things that I just, I had already gone to college. I had to take the classes I wasn't that interested just to get the degree. And I just did not want to do that again. So after I started, I think I was there for about two days. Like I did maybe a day of classes and I was like, no, 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 no. Luckily I was fully refunded and I found a program online that more easily integrated both nutrition and medicine. So I started that master's program as I was still working full-time at the hospital. And at this time is when I started kind of building my blog and my brand because what I was doing in the classroom at the hospital was just very organizational and I wanted my brain to be able to breathe creatively. So it was just such a nice space for me to go to have that ability on my blog so I find it took me two years to do the nutrition masters. And then as I was working at the hospital, I was seeing all of these different um, jobs that were available. And I um, loved the PA role. And I grew up as a middle child. And as a PA, you're kind of working with everyone in this just like beautiful collaborative spirit while you still have the license to diagnose, prescribe, do everything that I wanted to be able to do as a physician within this program that it's shorter, it's not as expensive, and you can start working right away. Um, so rather than doing the four years of med school, I did two years of nutrition, two years of PA. And I just graduated from PA school last August, and here I am today, now out of breath because I literally just <laughs> spoke like 20 minutes about nothing of my background. No, that was every, that was, you answered like three questions in one, so it's perfect. Uh, less talking for me. No, but I love it. And like something I kept thinking when you were talking is this idea of like expectations we set for ourselves. So back in the beginning when you were saying, you know, like that first time we all know it, like when your body changes for the first time from being the like active in sports, in school, whatever, into like real life, adult life, like this is absolutely yeah, like what the hell moment and you don't Mm -hmm. know what's going on. And it's because we've set like an expectation of how we look. And then we're in school and we have an expectation of what life will be like after school. And then, you know, we don't get the job and we just keep setting like expectations for things in life. And then when those expectations aren't met is when we kind of feel so, I feel sometimes, you know, lost and confused. So, I mean, I just love the progression of your journey because you had a lot of those lost, confused, expectations, not met moments. Exactly. Yeah. But like overall you kept going and you just kept like trying, you kept reaching out to people to find what did work for you. So it's like trial and error. Yeah. And it's definitely kind of, as you're mentioning right now, like it's all about in my mind when it was happening, I was like, I'm such a failure. I can't even get a job out of college. I did all of this work. I was going above it and beyond my course load, I ended up picking up a minor halfway through 
And what do I have to show for it? Just this little piece of paper that sometimes gives me a paper cut because I've been so lazy. I haven't even framed it. Like what, what is this doing for me? And it was really just, you know, everyone has their journey and you can choose to see it as a failure. or You can choose to see it as your life pointing you in a different direction. And I've just been, I've been incredibly lucky, but I also have worked really hard to try to figure out where do I fit. I didn't really feel like I fit cleanly into any single profession or career. It, it, I was, the jobs I was applying to after college were in like HR. And while I think that's an incredible job, it just, it wasn't, it didn't feel like it was a good fit for me. Similar to when I had my internship on an eating disorder unit, it just wasn't a good fit. I loved everyone that I was working with. I loved the patients. I developed such amazing relationships. I learned so much, but you know, there is that little voice in you. That's like the, it's, you're getting closer, you know, a game that you play when you're a kid where it's like warmer, 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 but you're just not, you're not in like the warm embrace of a hug of your journey. So it takes so much trial and error <laughs> and many student loans in my case. <laughs> that too. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I always tell, I always use this expression of like, there's always a rainbow after the storm. Well, most times there are, but it's like the idea of we always usually grow from those hard times, from those quote unquote failures when it's like, how else do you learn? So, you know, I am curious though with everything, you know, like you've, you faced, you overcame, you kept going. What's like a character strength. There's something you just realized about yourself through those years that just really, you know, like reminds you of like, Oh yeah. I can do this. Like, I'm a badass. I've like, look at what I've done. Yeah. I think, um, humility and a sense of humor. So I don't like being bad at things, but then sometimes I mistake not liking things because I'm not immediately good at them to begin with. And that doesn't mean that I don't like that thing. It just means that I need to reset my mind to be like, Hey, it's okay to keep trying. It's okay to really suck at this like and being able to laugh at yourself through those like just really sticky horrible feelings of I'm not doing my best but I'm really trying and I think the end goal is going to be worth it so and it's really <laughs> kind of shamelessness as well um, it can be really embarrassing to be doing all of these things I remember when I started my account I was so embarrassed I told no one I'm like wow, I graduated from college. I don't have a job. I live at home and I'm posting pictures of lettuce on the internet every day. This is mortifying. But I had a broader, I was able to take that bird's eye view and say, it's not about the lettuce. It's about this extended metaphor. You know, it's not about the avocado toast. I feel like every avocado toast I was seeing was this like metaphor of self-expression and like what you're doing with your life. It's not about the one single individual entity of the thing it's about the broader picture of what the thing capital t represents so i think yeah having a sense of humor persevering even when you're feeling extremely uncomfortable um and just all out effort you know even when it sucks even when you have no idea what you're doing just keep trying because eventually something sticks and figuring out what doesn't stick is equally as important as figuring out what does. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can be so accustomed to just going like full throttle ahead. And in reality, if we can slow down and stop to analyze, 
like what we're really feeling, what's actually mm-hmm. working, what's not, we can save so much time and money in the long run. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, for, I explained this to you before, but when I, you know, I left college and that was like one thing that I did where my initial response actually was, I was just going to transfer and actually do something like nutrition at another school. But something in me just kind of told me to stop. And it's like, uh, let's not rush into the next thing. Like I always do, you know, I always do that in life and taking that just like couple days to just stop and think and slow down changed the trajectory of my life from that point forward. So 100%. like you said in that, I mean, yeah, you were at home for a while, you quote unquote, you know, you weren't doing anything. You probably didn't feel like you were doing anything at the time, but in reality, like you were taking that slow time to really figure out what you wanted to do. And then you found it, like you found your path. So that's exactly. another thing that I think is so crucial to remember as well. And exactly what you were saying before about expectation. I just, my minor was in writing and I think language is so, so powerful and similar to when you were transitioning out of college into the new role that you've created for yourself. We have this tendency when we're not in a traditional definition of either a job or an education, we frame it as we're taking quote unquote time off. I accomplished more in my time off than I have in all of my 28 years. They were such formative years. Was I the happiest I've ever been in my life? No, but I was trudging through the mud. I was figuring out where do I want to be in the next 10 years? And I'm going to do that work here. It may not be the most traditional sense of the word work. It's not a glamorous resume, but I'm doing it and doing the shit right now is going to get me to the light somewhere down the line. I had no idea what light that was going to be. And I am coming out on the other side. I'm very grateful that I like got through it. And now I'm on to the actual meat of my purpose and enacting all of that education. So I'm, and that comes with new challenges as well in terms of like imposter syndrome big time, but it's at least enough that it like got me through each day to get me to where I am years and years later. It's not time off. It's in fact more time on than I probably ever imagined. And I think right now in the midst of this, so we're recording in April, 2020. So coronavirus time, but like people are starting to realize, I think uh, the real, what it can look like at work from home life and how you really can be doing just as much, if not more. And, you know, not even really trying to compare. It's just the idea that all work is work and all work is equal and you know exactly and I mean not even work looks so many different I mean I just my heart is breaking for the quite literal millions of people who are filing for unemployment and don't have access to childcare and now have to not only do their jobs but take care of their kids and do all the cooking and it's just work is so hard and I'm just feeling for all of those families and everyone that's deeply affected so so deeply right now oh yeah it's something else and um before I brought that up I meant to mention though when you were saying the imposter syndrome so Mm. you're feeling that now then like oh my god yeah forward (laughs) yeah oh every day of my life my eyes pop open I'm like oh there's that shadow again it's creeping in because so and this is you know I haven't been super vocal about this on my platform just because I am a private person I was never meant to have a following, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm 
shy unless like I know you really well and generally pretty introverted but like extroverted with the people that I care about and I just think there does come a lot of benefit from choosing the ways in which you present your vulnerability and the intricacies of your personal life so you know I have had the luxury of being able to take a little time off because I still make an income off of my um, blog and social media which has been a huge blessing because when you go through such an arduous program, you really forget your why and you, you, it's hard to remember the reason why you started when you're in the thick of it and you're just so bogged down with the day to day that you cannot take that bird's eye view and realize like, where am I going to be? Like forget what happiness is for a bit. It takes, it was in those years that I realized sometimes it is effortful. You have to make, the actual intention of being happy because sometimes it just doesn't come naturally when you're working so hard. Um, but yeah, I, I took a little time off. So I graduated in August. It's now April. So it's been a significant amount of time. I began interviewing for a position that I was and still am so, so excited about it. Ticked all my boxes. It was a pretty intense interviewing process. I think there were maybe six or seven touch points from start to finish. And I only got the interview because I was so intent on working at this one facility and it's, there are multiple locations throughout the Boston area. Um, and then one of my, someone reached out to me on social media, actually, they sent me a direct message and they were saying, you know, if you're interested in primary care, which I had vocalized, you should check out this place. And I had already had my sights set on that place. And I sent, sent an email to HR. They told me that they were not taking on new grads. And then she said, you know, sometimes if you know someone, it makes it a little bit easier to make that connection. So at the time, we weren't taking anyone on, but I was finishing up my yoga certification. I was like, I'm going to get in this community in any way that I can. So an opportunity to teach yoga came up. I, it was terrible. It was 20 minutes, but it didn't matter. Like I was just there. I was leading a group of young girls through this very basic yoga flow. And after I taught the yoga, I reached back out to HR and said, you know, I'm really committed to this community as shown through my actions. If there are any openings, please let me know. And like, that is what got me to the next step, which it's just really hard to get a job as a new grad in general. Um, and my sights were set really high. I probably should have lowered my expectations, but I didn't want to because I just really saw myself in this position. Um, and I ended, I went through the interview process. It was so positive. Um, I was able to talk about, you know, I of course want to be a PA, but I want to be able to lead groups and talk about nutrition and I want to be able to lead a yoga class and then talk about medical management and really combine all of these things, which is extremely difficult in a traditional Western medicine model, but that's definitely where I want to start. Um, and then our friend, the Corona happened and there's a hiring freeze. So TBD, what happens with that? I'm at least extremely hopeful that positions like these are available. If you work really hard and sell yourself enough, um, it's possible. Oh, that's amazing though. And I mean, yeah, there's an example where your expectations were set high, but like, I mean, I'm sure if they hadn't been met, you could have rebounded, you could have found something else and, uh, fingers crossed that it does work out though. Um, yeah. It does sound, you know, like it would be amazing if you could integrate all of those assets of your life and your education and your experience, because 
I mean, everyone who listens to the show, like it's 360 wellness, mind, body, spirit, as I explain mm-hmm. it. And with, you know, yoga, education, nutrition, and the medical experience you have, like that's, that's the full, that's the full spectrum right there. That's amazing. Yeah. That was my idea. And we'll see. I mean, I, with this new season of reality that we're all experiencing, having a license, passing my boards and sitting on my license, of course I can help in other ways. And I've been doing some fundraising of my own and making people aware of these amazing organizations that are doing incredible good, not only in the local community, but in the broader context. But it's really tough when all of my friends are in healthcare. My dad is an emergency medicine physician and I'm staying at home, which is what we should all be doing, staying at home. But I just really wish I could be out there helping my friends in any capacity. So we'll see what happens. I think I'm going to start to apply to other jobs just to get my resume out there and see what's happening. But yeah, it's just a new reality for everyone. Everyone's been affected either in a big way, a small way. I'm sure we'll continue to hear people being affected for months on end, but. Well, and I think what's kind of neat about that is like you said, in the thick of the rough times and when you're doing all that stuff, it can be hard. It can be easy to kind of lose your vision of like why you're doing this, the bird's eye view, but here you are now. And like your, it sounds like your heart, like you're, you're just yearning to be out there doing this work again. Exactly. So that is a neat, like full circle moment where maybe you kind of lost that idea when you're in the thick of it. And now, you know, you're kind of kept from it. And we all know when we, when we can't have something we really want, like mm-hmm. it shows your our true intentions with it. And so this is just a neat way of showing that like, you're really, you're really into this. So exactly. And it allowed me to find my voice again. I really got caught up in the noise of, and again, this comes with extreme, extreme privilege of being able to jump right back into my blog and my social media and still I was able to maintain it enough throughout school that I can support myself with it. Of course, it would be an entirely different story if I, it's really hard to pursue sometimes your passions if you are worried about other basic needs, you know, getting food on the table, having a roof over your health, just like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's hard to have enough cognitive resources to think about the big picture that we're talking about. So I do just want to frame this in the context of like recognizing that I have had such privilege in order to pursue all of these things. So I felt really caught in between these two worlds and I was trying to define myself like, am I what I'm seeing on the internet every day? Because, and it's totally different, you know, on my personal Instagram account, it's, I'm looking at all of my friends and and the people that I grew up with and people who I have personal relationships with. However, on my public account, my Twist of Lemons account, I'm looking at pretty much the same thing every day. And if you really start pigeonholing yourself into this identity that maybe you don't really fit with, but it's the community that you surround yourself with. And those who you surround yourself with end up being a reflection of yourself. So I was seeing just a lot of this. And again, I'm edging into hyperbole. It wasn't this bad. But when I was stuck in what I was studying, which was like, hyper Western medicine and then seeing things like you can't take an Advil because it will ruin your microbiota, you know, and then you're, I'm in my emergency department rotation and it's like, take 600 milligrams every six hours. And it just was a very confusing experience in terms of like, who am I one as a person and two as a provider, because I have these different backgrounds. I want to be able to merge them, but I don't know how to do that. And I don't see too many examples of that 
other than in this very hyper integrative or functional medicine definition. And as a new grad, I really want to feel comfortable with the Western side of things, the traditional sense of medicine before expanding into that functional realm. That was a piece of advice actually I got from a functional medicine physician in the area. Um, but it's something that I've always wanted to work in like a public health or community health setting because I firmly believe that any behavior change is not at the fault of the individual. It's what are the systems that you belong to? What community do you belong to? Who are the, similar to what we were just saying, who the people that who are around you and their behaviors end up kind of trickling into your own behavior. So it's just a big, again, that bird's eye view of the community and enacting behavior change. And by behavior change, I mean health changes versus just a very singular definition of like, well, you need to take magnesium, zinc, vitamin D every day. So I just felt kind of trapped when I graduated and I was really stressed out about studying and I finally I passed my boards and then you pass and you're like, oh, I, I have this expectation that when I pass my boards, like everything's going to be fine. I'm going to feel this huge weight lifted off my shoulders. And it was actually, I think, my darkest episode of just feeling so, so down was around November, right after I graduated. And I was like, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. I'm not finding joy in what I'm doing on the internet. I'm not finding joy in being a PA. I don't even want to be a PA right now. Like I just feel so low. And it's because you're, I feel like I had no neurotransmitters left. I was working so hard and it, I am so incredibly grateful that I still have my Instagram, but sometimes I think I should have backed off a little bit because the course load of PA school just how rigorous it was combining it with continuing to work. And at this time, now I, I've learned from my mistake and I have help, but I was going it completely alone. And I was spending, you know, when you get home from a really long day of rotations and classwork, and then you're hounding people for four hours for money of work that you did four months earlier, you feel so depleted. And I didn't really feel like I knew too many people going through what I was going through. And I think that's because of my own mindset. I was so hyper-focused on what I was doing as an individual that it became really difficult to even look outside of myself and ask other people who may have been going through what I was going through for help. That it was just a really isolating experience. And it made it so that when I graduated, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Like, how can I feel like I'm going to be a competent provider and telling people about all of these lifestyle things that you can be doing to feel better when I feel terrible and I'm doing those lifestyle things. So it was just such an identity crisis moment. But then, I mean, flash forward to where we are now, I was just so exhausted, wasn't taking care of myself at all. I was eating fine, but I was just running myself straight into the ground. And I was in that go, go, go mentality so much. And I, my identity became that, like, I'm, this is who I am now, you know, um, that it took a few months to really untangle myself from all of the expectations that I had to just settle in the extreme gratitude of everything that I've done and let it unfold naturally rather than forcing it to on a timeline that it just was not ready for. Yeah. I mean, so many of us and, you know, just normal people, not let alone, you know, if you're in a high intensity program like that, we associate 
success or productivity or whatever it is, self-value just in being busy or Mm -hmm. constantly having something to do. And I'm the same way, like Uh, just the addiction of it, of being busy and always like having an outcome, always having something to show for the work that you're doing. Yes. And it's, it is, like you said, it's a very much so an addiction. I mean, you just, it's like from one thing to the next until you reach that place of burnout. And, you know, we all hear that term, it's thrown around, but it's real. And it's what you were going through in that time of just complete and utter burnout where our body or our mind or our emotional health can just not take thing. And it's, it's really forcing us to slow down and kind of stop and you know is that when you started yoga teacher training or was that no like the truest form of an idiot that I am I finished my boards and then the next weekend I was like yoga training okay (laughs) so like it was not the right I'm again I'm so grateful that I did it but looking back did I get everything out of it that I could have no because I was just and the thing about training is, and luckily I did not do the training where you're in the class every single day for five weeks. It was broken up into a weekend schedule, so it wasn't as overwhelming. But still, you're in, you're sitting in a room from eight to five, Saturday and Sunday on various weekends. And I was just having flashbacks of like being in the classroom, being in the library, studying again. So then I was immediately resenting this beautiful information that was being presented to me. And I just it's a regret that I, I wish I could have done it when I was in a different mindset, but at the same time, it, I'm glad that I did it because I'm able to, I was able to use that training to get me an interview for a job that I was so, you know, passionate about. And but, do, you th- do you think it's taught you anything else too? Like as far as coping or, you know, like just the art of yoga and relaxing and really taking time to heal and relax these last few months? Yeah. And So I grew up as a dancer, as I kind of hinted at before, and I got into yoga because I had a back injury, but similar to my life on paper, I was bringing that, all of those expectations to the mat as well, and I was doing poses and postures because I wanted to make them look impressive. I wanted to make them look interested, look interesting rather than them just feeling interesting, you know, and so going through the training really thought me about like yoga is not about looking a certain way at all. Like it's not about you. It's about like the spirit that you bring to your mat and like, how can you make space for the things that start to feel heavy and that settle and where does it settle and how can you use your breath to start dissolve them? And that is a totally different mindset than like why I was doing yoga before. And I definitely, I wanted to be able to say that I did the training, you know, I'm like collecting all of these degrees because I have this idea of myself, this like idea of how I want to be a provider and the things that I want to be able to implement and integrate into a patient's life. And I was thinking, you know, if someone comes in with anxiety or digestion problems it would be amazing if I could give them just a few little actionable yoga things even if it's a breathing technique um so I'm constantly struggling with like the person that I am right now and being okay with it competing with the version of myself that I want to be in the future so it's a self-competition and it's because 
I know that I'm capable of doing a lot and bringing a lot to a patient to hopefully better their life, but I need to do it in a way that is balanced so that I feel balanced enough to then dispense this advice. Very, very true. Where um, I think sometimes we can be our own biggest source of comparison Mm -hmm. and just really (laughs) work on that. Um, are there any ways that you support like the emotional mental side of health? Because it seems like yoga really like opened a lot of opportunity to that for you. But I'm just curious. I mean, I know I personally, I meditate and uh, besides that, like walking is actually a huge source of mental relief, emotional, you know, relief for me. So I'm just curious, like what, what do you do to really support those aspects of wellness? Yeah, so I think it comes down to that whole like biopsychosocial spiritual model and that like I know that I need to be eating healthfully and like everyone's definition of that is completely different, but things that are like high in omega-3 fats and really good sources of protein and making sure that I feel whole when I'm eating you know, all of those different things go into feeling well. That's like the basic form of things. And then I move into like really juicy forms of movement. Sometimes I like to go on a walk and like walk to the beat of the music that I'm listening to. And I belong to um, a really kind of embarrassing, but really fun, like adult dance company in Boston where we still put on recitals as grown ass adults. Um, like that's really, it's nice to have that movement paired with connection with other human beings. Cause sometimes you can go to a workout class. You don't say hi to a single person. Your word count is zero the entire time. So I think pairing movement with a certain mentality and a certain social connection is really important for the soul. Um, I have been in, in and out of therapy intermittently for years <laughs> years and years and years. I talk about this a lot on my social media as well, but especially as providers, I think it's incredibly important, even if you don't feel like you need therapy, to at least, if you're going to recommend something to a patient, to have gone through the process yourself so you know you can set expectations with them because you have had personal experience with it. Um, I try to do a form of mindfulness every day that always looks different because when I get into a, like, you have to meditate 10 minutes every day, I feel like a robot and I just can't do it. My brain is like, nope, no, thank you. So sometimes it takes the form of like an actual guided meditation on an app. Sometimes it's going outside, putting my phone in my pocket and literally only thinking about the steps that I'm taking and listening to the sounds around me and smelling what happens. So like just a very immersive while being outside. Cause I think as you were saying, walking is really helpful and just pairing mindfulness with a little bit of movement tends to settle a little bit better in my body. So it looks really different for a lot of different people. Um, Definitely. Yeah, definitely some therapy in there, getting to the root of like why your patterns, your habits happen and having someone else talk to you about it and maybe having you like see a different perspective is just so important. And then just kind of to summarize, like if you're, not feeling yourself well, you're just not going to feel well. So like on a very basic level, food is everything. Like I think food is just such a dramatic impact on mood and mental health. And then some, my own personal movement in there too. Oh, yeah. And as you said in the beginning, like 
we're all so unique and it's about finding what works best for all of us, whether that is in food or movement or mindfulness. Um, but yeah, Sometimes like it's just crying. I should yes, really exactly. harp on that too. That happens weekly. Yep. For no reason at all. I was watching, um, the princess diaries with my sister last night. Was I bawling? You better believe I was any particular reason. Nope. Just needed to happen. I honestly feel so much better. Like the day I always seem to cry at night, um, always like hits me end of day. And the next day I wake up and like my skin is clearer. My yeah. eyes are a little puffy, but it's otherwise I feel yeah. great. It's like my mind's just like brain dump. I'm done. I feel yeah, yeah, you can get rid of it. I also think like laughter is so important. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves to laugh and like be in this goofy, playful, childlike state. And like the reminder of what it's like to be silly, I, I feel like just immediately quells the cortisol levels. Um, so sometimes like I have certain things in my back pocket that like I know there's a couple of stand-ups that I like. I know like specific episodes of certain shows that I like. Um, and keeping a list, like every time something sparks like this little sparkle of joy within you, I write it down in my notepad on my phone and then I'll just read through all of those things. Like if it's the smell of a fire, like certain things that engage different senses and it's not just so cerebral, I think is so, so helpful as well. I'll also keep like whenever someone sends me something that's so kind or I see something on the internet that makes me laugh, I'll take a screenshot and then place it in a little folder on my phone. So you can just, cause you never know when, shit hits the fan. You don't know what kind of mood you're going to be in. Sometimes you want to cry, but sometimes you're just like, I have nothing left to give. Like all, all of the tears are gone from my body. There's nothing left. So you just have to have enough tools in your toolbox to be able to present yourself with that menu of different things that may be helpful for you in that moment. Exactly. They're practically just different forms of expression. It's whether yeah. you're crying or laughing or creating, you know, like some people, instead of crying, they just whip out their art tools yeah. are off. Uh, I think that is like just something that we just oftentimes don't do enough is we just don't express whether that's our opinions or our feelings, our thoughts, uh, any sort of like, you know, of that. And I'm very, that's something I'm working on myself. So I definitely yeah. agree that it's just comes down to finding your own way of getting that out. Those emotions. Right. But it's something like you have to practice and you have to remind yourself of what those are because, and again, I can only speak to my own journey, but the traditional trajectory of like education and then getting a job is very, is it the right or left side of your brain? I should know this, but I don't like Probably. the side of your brain. Is so like rationality and organization. And then if you don't feed into that, like garden of creativity and you don't even know what that side of your brain needs, then it's really hard to soothe yourself in times when you just feel terrible. Yeah. Because I think sometimes what happens is that when we're in a moment of not feeling our best or well or frustrated, whatever, we try to like reason our way out of it and be logical. Mm -hmm. And that's, really? that just makes it worse versus like being that more like motherly, warm, grounded, like, what am I feeling? Like allowing yourself to express. So right. I think it is true. Also, like if you're staying in that rational, logical part of your mind, you might not even allow yourself to, you know, feel those feels because you're just you're trying to be the logical one. It's like, right. I'm just it. Like, through this. Right. And like rationally, this is something I learned actually on my um, eating disorder unit internship. Like we have our rational mind, we have our emotional mind, but it's only the like 
beautiful combination of the both of them that you have your wise mind. So like rationally, you can be thinking like, I have everything I need. I should be so happy. Like be happy, be happy, be happy, be happy. And then your emotional mind is like, I'm sad. Like I just can't. Um, and it's only that like beautiful Venn diagram overlap of being able to like fully accept and just sit with both things that you can be like, okay, I know that I have this tool that's going to help me in this moment, but it's practice. And like, you can't expect for it to happen when things feel so bad. Like it has to be practiced when you're feeling good so that you can recognize those feelings and have the appropriate tools to help yourself. I so, oh yes. So, so strongly agree with um, not only doing it like when things are bad, but also mm-hmm. like when things are good, because that just builds it so much greater. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. That was wonderful. See, I feel like we just integrated some of your psychology, that kind of things into this health wellness conversation. I know. So it what like, again, I don't, I don't regret this. I loved my major, but it just, I knew that I was not going to be a psychologist. I didn't want to get my PhD. And then you, you start thinking about realistically, what am I going to do with this? And I think if you have a burning passion and you don't really know what you can do, blaze forward 1000%. But if you're tiptoeing under the line, you're like, oh, you start to make weird noises like I'm doing right now. You're just like, you're shaking your body's like, Ugh, it just like, it's not sitting right. That's when I knew like, okay, I can take what I learned here, embed it into something else, but this is not the thing. This is a thing that I love and I'm going to integrate it, but it's not my path. And that's okay. And that being said, would you have any like last bit of advice for someone that's, you know, maybe they're just kind of debating their college or their life choice right now, or maybe it's someone who, you know, is looking to do a similar program to what you were doing one or the other, like just what's a bit of advice that you would give someone that's about to, you know, try to figure things out or about to make a transition, just that kind of state of unease, anxiety, uncertainty that we can just feel so down in. Yeah. I think this idea of like, it's not going to happen overnight. Take your time because you have so much time. People in my program are in their thirties. Like you are not on anyone's timeline, but your own. And it's going to happen in a way that feels best when it happens on the timeline that it's supposed to. I hate hearing that advice. I absolutely hate it because I like to know exactly when things are happening so I can make a plan and I know blah, 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 X, Y, Z, Pythagorean theorem, rationality. But that didn't benefit me in any way and it just gave me extreme amounts of unease and anxiety and I just felt terrible about myself. Um, So just allowing it to unfold while at the same time taking actionable steps that you think are getting you in a direction that you want to go. And by that, I mean, sometimes you take a step and you're like, "Mm, no, I don't want this, but at least you took a step. And if it's a step forward or it's a step backwards, it's telling you, it's giving you data, it's giving you information. And then you can start to form a more fuller picture of what it is that you want to do. I also think it's important to like be a little shameless. If there's someone out there that has your ideal job, send them a very kind email, you you know, sometimes people don't have that much time, but just like, I would love to get your advice. And with that, like do your own research, you know, like see what they did, like go to their page, look at their resume, what background information can you gather from them? And like, are you able to emulate that in a small way? Don't make that big jump right away. But say you're thinking about 
I kind of want to do nutrition in a public health setting. All throughout, when I graduated from college, I started volunteering with a company that did just that. So I was learning a little bit about myself while I was learning about the careers of people around me and the people that I would be interacting with. So there are things that you can do in a really small way that tell you a lot about yourself that are not this giant jump into like an education or a career change. You know, you can dip your toe in before you just like jump cannonball right in. Yeah, like just don't be afraid to be curious and to exactly. yeah, test things out, reach out to people and right. do those basic things. So Yeah. And then like kind of like I was saying, like just be a little bit shameless, put yourself out there, try something that is so so scary. You learn so much and like if you fail, congratulations. You will learn so much more by failing than you will by succeeding. It feels terrible, but then you wake up two weeks from then and you're like, oh my God, I did that. It was horrible, but I did it, you know? Oh, 100%. That's like the summation of this episode is just like that idea of, I mean, just not being afraid of those quote unquote failures because they yeah. are the biggest lessons of growth and transformation you will ever have. Absolutely. Well, where can people find you and follow along and just... Um, you have, you're like the queen of puns and you're just a very fun person to follow. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so my Instagram is at twist underscore of underscore lemons. Um, my last name is indeed lemons like the fruit L-E-M-O-N-S. My blog is twistoflemons.com. Um, I do have a TikTok, but I'm not telling anyone that it is extremely embarrassing and the content is terrible. So those two places are a good place to start. Um, my email, if anyone has, I'm always happy to field any information, any questions just about my journey in general after I do have a bunch of resources on my blog just about my reviews of all the different forms of education that I've undergone. But my email is twistoflemons at gmail.com. Perfect. Katie has truly done it all. Not quite all, but you know what I mean. <laughs> She's just such an inspiration to me with how many different avenues and paths and interests she has pursued in life. I, I just think that's amazing and something that, you know, we, we shouldn't be afraid to try new things, to mess up, to do any of these just like exploratory things in life, you know? So if you resonated, if you have more questions, Katie has tons of resources on her blog at twistoflemons.com. Her Instagram is also beautiful and fun and funny and uplifting and authentic. She's on there at twist underscore of underscore lemons. And if you want to connect with me, let me know what you thought of the episode and you know that fun jazz. I'm on there at Emily Feichels and at Let's Thrive Podcast. Thank you as always for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.